Hello, everybody, and welcome to Niche Podcast about the one thing, and I know something about game shows, I suppose. I'm your host, Ron Haas, but you already know that, because this is a Patreon-exclusive premium content episode of game shows, I suppose, for you guys. Why am I doing this episode? Why is it so quiet in here? What's that noise? What's that smell? Well, that's synergy, my friends. I've decided if I'm going to do this episode, this specific episode, I'm not going to put this out publicly. Why is that? Because I already gave you the You Don't Know Jack episode earlier today. I'm recording this about a week after that You Don't Know Jack episode. And I really spent so long talking about everything about You Don't Know Jack, the PC game series. But I decided to omit the game show because that game show is an entirely different thing and i said if i ever do game shows i suppose i again i will be talking about that game show as i am recording 15 game shows that i enjoy so much as i'm about to close the book on game shows i suppose i guess publicly i guess i'm putting this one on a paywall why well Mostly because I think this is one of those episodes is probably going to be horseshit, to be honest. But also because it's not one of my favorite game shows. It really isn't. When when I'm ending game shows, I suppose I'm doing game shows I love and explaining why I love it and aspirations and all that. You don't know, Jack, it's my favorite PC game. It's the game show I think I could host. And spoilers, when I get around to if I ever redo You Don't Know Jack the game show, that's the spoiler, I'm going to host it. But it's, it's, imagine this, it's the summer of 2001. You're a kid who has been playing, you know, Jack game shows almost for like five years. Now at this point, you're a teenager and you're hearing like poopity poopity fart fart jokes and you're laughing and you're a teenager and you're like, I don't really know what like, you know, Plato's allegory of the cave is, but this seems pretty funny. Um, this is exactly what makes the show work. Uh, so I get very excited when I hear, you don't know, Jack is becoming its own game show. Wow. And it's hosted by Paul Rubens. What? The guy who got arrested for a whacking it in the movie theater and Blow is coming out later that summer. That Paul Rubens. And yes, that Paul Rubens, Pee Wee Herman was the host of the you don't know jack game show my initial thought was this sounds fun i mean it's you don't know jack they can't screw up you don't know jack there'll be screws there'll be three contestants the questions will be there you'll see dis or dads and gibberishes and i saw it this very first episode and i thought well this is fine this is okay i mean this is supposed to be the anti-game show i get it you don't know jack is an anti-game show because in the world of game shows, you know, the game show host is supposed to be nice and friendly, and the host is typically an asshole. I get it. I get it. But this felt like, even though Paul Rubens has all the improv experience in the world from the ground leads, and Pee Wee Herman is such an iconic character, Troy Stevens was not really necessarily a fun, you don't know, Jack host. And I taped every episode of the You Don't Know Jack game show. It's the only game show I can think of that I own every episode of. 
and I've watched it multiple times. And most of them aren't really that exciting to watch a second or third time. I think it's one of those things where you watch it the first time and you're like, and this is good. Then you watch it with a game show mind and you go, this sucks. And you, I try to put like, well, who's to blame for this? It can't, can't be, you know, Jack writers, you know, Jack is really good. And I realized it's because you don't know. Jack was basically the license and the format didn't really play into. You don't know Jack, if that made sense. The only things that survive You Don't Know Jack was the the flavor text of the questions, Dissertat, Jack Attack. That's it. And maybe Cookie as the announcer. They got Cookie to be the announcer. Now, normally, on You Don't Know Jack, the announcer isn't really there. It's an omnipresent voice that goes, and now it's time for the show where high culture and pop culture collide. And then you just hear like Nate Shapiro go like, hey, 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 what's it going? You see three people here who think they know Jack. Well, I got some bad news for you. Whoa. Well, here's how the game works. I'll be asking you questions. You can know the answer. Buzz in and press one, two, three, or four. But hang on. There's some hardware. Here's some screws. Bink, bink, bink. If you see a question pop up and you know your neighbor doesn't have the right idea where they are, what time it is, perfect time to buzz in, press the S key, and screw them, forcing them to answer. That's, you don't know, Jack. It's an anti-game show because there's different elements in those PC games, such as don't be a wimp. When a contestant is like $20,000 ahead in the game, the host forces the contestant to buzz in and answer the question. That wouldn't go through legal in any game show these days. But this show wasn't You Don't Know Jack. When I think a You Don't Know Jack game show, I think the basic framework of contestant, hey, player two, pick a category. You're ready for some fun? It's question number one. Oh, yeah. The category is, and this shouldn't be too tough, it's for $1,000. Hey, have you been seeing that Shake Wake commercial lately? Well, if a Shake Wake, if you were to burn the amount of, of uh, how many minutes would a Shake Wake help you out to burn the calories of a McDonald's chocolate milkshake? 15 minutes, 30 minutes, one hour, or two hours? And then you buzz in, and then you'll hear funny, funky groove music, and then you'll be jokes and going like, it would take, well, well, it takes roughly 15 minutes per calorie, and there's 430 calories in the milkshake, so you'll be spending at least an hour. Kaplonk. That would be the, 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 you don't know, Jack question. And then you would give like a smart ass remark, and then we go straight to question two. Like, it's almost like a routine. Like, hey, you know what's in the news this day? You know, like, um, hey, you know, it's like, and then it'll just go into the questions and lead in flavor text. And then back to the silly joke and then continue with the category. And then sometime during that, you'll get a silly question. Like, here's the dis or dad. Here's the gibberish. And this show tries to do that, but they decided wait no we can't so they had some jellyvision writers on the set but joel hogson of mystery science theater 3000 was one of the writers for the show in fact there's a huge list of writers for the you don't know jack game show in fact let me pop it up and just list them off for you guys why because this is what i do joe Bolster, Eddie Feldman, Lee Frank, Josh Gardner, Andrew Golder, Tom Godley, who's Cookie, Steve Henrik, who's a you know, Jellyvision pro, Eric Kentoff, Terrence McDonald, Robert Morden, John Paragon, Paul Rubens, as in Troy Stevens himself, Dave, Dave Ryoski, uh, Ann Schleicher, Jim Hogson, and like it just keeps going on from there and. I, I to me it's like I I get a little frustrated seeing the show. So usually it starts out with like a cold opening. 
Because it has to be a comedy show in addition to a game show. Now, when I think you don't know Jack, I got to think like maybe it's going to be like a daily show version. Like it's it's a satire of game show and we are you're in on the bit. It usually revolves around like a double entendre or Troy Stevens because it's Paul Rubens playing a character named Troy Stevens, a guy with big bangs and, and 1970s fashion. And, and trying to be a little flamboyant, but also very charismatic, would, would end up like going, uh, hey, get ready for the show, uh, and then get to like a, a bid set, set line where it's like, if you don't think I'm on time, then you don't know Jack! And then suddenly you cut to the You Don't Know Jack logo, the theme song, and then Cookie introduces while you see like behind the scenes like the cameras and directing points it's you don't know jack the show where high culture and pop culture collide like like marie antionette on the great british bake-off and now here's your host mr troy stevens and then you get straight to paul rubens as troy stevens entering the set smiling clappy like classic abc games like this reminds me of don't and he goes hey welcome to you don't know jack and hey you at home hello and then he does like a close-up joke answer and then there will always be a little setup to some ongoing thing on the episode like hey you know someone might walk away with this brand new car and i don't know who it is but we have three new contestants let's cheat them I mean, let's meet them now. Is the joke is we're going to fucking rig the show. So then he stands on a treadmill, like on the fucking Jetsons, and poses as he moves literally like four feet. Like the gag works once, but that's done every episode. Then we get to the let's introduce the contestants. And it's classic put-down joke. Like... Hey, so-and-so, uh, I heard you have f- five kids. Like, you have five kids. Which one's your favorite? Well, I think it's, they're all my favorite. Uh, oh, sorry, that's wrong. That's the joke. Or, hey, I have a lovely wife. Yeah, you've been married for 40 years. Let's take a look at, their, at her now. She's in the audience. And then they cut to a super young hot woman because the joke is how could she be 40 year relationship she's in her 20s it can't be that way (laughs) it's all visual gags and simple you're wrong answers and then we get straight to a question and usually the first question is either a a really stupid first like for one thousand dollars what's your name beep chris 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 is correct for $1,000. That's it. That's the game. That's the game show. Then they get to another question, and it's flavored like a you-don't-know-jack question. So, like, hey, um, if RuPaul's Drag Race was to follow the rules of an actual drag race based on NHRA rules, which of the following things could you expect the queens to do next season? Blah, 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 or boo, boo, boo. That's correct for a thousand. Now, if you're wrong, you don't lose a thousand, which is classic rule of you don't know, Jack. If you're wrong, you lose the money. In this show, you don't. Except for at the end of round one with these $1,000 questions, you get the this or that. That's right, we end the round with this or that. And it's one or the other or both. Get it correct, you get a thousand. Get it wrong, you lose a thousand. And there's seven questions, just like classic you know Jack. And then suddenly, at the end of the round, let's go to Cookie with the scores. Cookie! Well, so-and-so has $1,000. So-and-so is winning with $4,000. And so-and-so is currently still being alive with zero. And then... Troy Stevens will look at the camera and go like, hey, when we come back, we're going to get more dramatic and something, 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 and some other reveal because of the question type. And we'll be right back right after this.
and then you'll hear the theme song that boop 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 we go in and then we go into round two hey welcome back to you don't know jack in round two the values are worth two thousand dollars and i should remind you that only the person with the most amount of money will get to keep the money while the runners up will be taking home this and it's always a gag prize so we spend a minute with a gag prize so if you don't know jack we get like the year supply of bubble gum the clapper hot sauces pineapple tidbits and in the pilot episode the joke was it's supposed to be a year supply of pineapple tidbits but they're only getting one supply of pineapple tidbits so we'll get to that funny bit at the end where a stage manager goes uh paul the prize is a year supply what happened to the other pineapple tidbits i don't know what you're talking about with the final reveal being he, he's took all the pineapple tidbits at the end of the show but shh, don't don't spoil the fun joke so we go into round two with two thousand dollars we get another silly question and then after one silly question it's time for the two million dollar question the $2 million question is kind of similar to that of the uh, gibberish question, which I'm guessing is was inspired by. But they heard for every second it ticks down, they lose money until the buzz in. And they decided, what if we just said fuck th- to make that genuine? Let's just make it a funny bit. Because you're selling a $2 million question because it's a lot of money. And, you know, big money game shows at the time like Millionaire and and Greed. But at the same time, what if we had a silly bit happen where Troy couldn't read the question? So things were hesitating and he couldn't answer or even read the question because the question card fell out or he couldn't read. So it becomes a funny bit. So it's like, uh, imagine you are in an orchestra. (coughs) Sorry. Uh, And, uh, oh, geez and he blows his nose on the on the card oh sh- oh no that's oh i can't read that ah oh, imagine you imagine you are in an orchestra and jeez oh, can i can i get some water here get some water now remember the time is still ticking a little bit more Okay, I'm good. Imagine you are in an orchestra, and <clears throat> imagine you're in an orchestra, and you were told to keep it brassy. Because it's a brass instrument, what would you be expected to be playing? Is it A, a violin, <clears throat> T, is it B, a piano? C, ba, 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 an, banj, banj? What is this word? And it's now taking, now it's at like 500 bucks, so it's like $400. Banjo, tuba. There are some buzzes in. Is it tuba? Tuba is right for. $17. And that's the joke. We wasted three minutes and someone wins $17. Ha ha, funny bit. Uh, other times an action happens, like a dog bites the card or ninjas fight or some other shenanigan happens. Then we go into one of the many gimmick questions of the show, such as things that sound dirty but aren't. Where it's all, where one of the answers is silly. Like, which of these is an actual hat, or which of these is an actual musical? And they're all silly lines. With the gimmick being, then Troy would say the answer, wait for giggles, is correct for $2,000. We then go into round three, where there might be another gimmick question, like name that bone, or... uh. Another gimmick, like like someone walks in on set 
What's the note that the fat lady is singing in opera? Something like that. There's usually two questions in round three for 3,000. Uh, and then we get to the final question of the quote-unquote game before we go into the jack attack, which is the elimination question. A brand new question type where it's basically you have to solve uh, mathematics. Where it is like uh, the amount of rounds in a regulation game of boxing multiplied by the amount of frames in a game of bowling divided by the amount of players on a regulation NBA team at any given time subtracted by the amount of um, members of NSYNC. You have 30 seconds. Your time starts now. And it's supposed to be like a final Jeopardy because it's worth $5,000 if you're right or wrong. There is the, uh, everyone gets to answer the question. And you're supposed to be very concentrated. But oh no, here comes like a bad marching band playing music in your ear. And you're oh, I can't play because distracting. Or there's a baby that's crying and blah, blah. Or here's some barbers and they're doing some ASMR shit by, by, by turning on hair clippers and putting it near your ear. And ha ha ha, oh boy. And it just was just a frustrating kind of show. Then we get to Troy Stevens. Explain the answers. Oh, the answer was 17 or 18 or 1,350. All right, let's see. What did you say? You're, you are in first place. You went with this. That is not it. Oh, so sorry. And then player two. Well, you, if you get this, you'll be guaranteed a ticket to the jack attack. What did you put down? It's a correct answer for $5,000. And then player three, if you get this, you're still alive. If not, it will be him in the jack attack. What did you put down? Oh, no, that is not even close. I'm so sorry. That means that so-and-so and so-and-so is moving on to the jack attack. As for you, bon voyage. And then the contestant goes away in a really piss-poor graphic package. It's a graphics package, like like oh he explodes, kind of, or, or turns into electricity and gets like lightning bolted out of the set, uh, and then we go into our final round, the Jack Attack. Now they are now standing on the po on podiums that aren't the same because in the the show they were sitting down and there were TV monitors and if they buzz in or right they see yes and no and other fun graphics and and dancing. Here they're standing, and they're in a retro-looking game show set while everything is still modernized with an old-school computer monitor for playing the role of the main board. You see darkness. You see a fog effect, spotlights, flashing strobe effects. And then Troy Stevens, once again played by Paul Rubens, even though we probably already added one aspect to the ongoing storyline of the episode, Hang on, you're going to a destination, and it's of trivia and scary, scary stuff. Welcome to the Jack Attack! And then the graphic package flashes Jack Attack. You then see Troy Stevens, a.k.a. Paul Rubens, on a green screen with just his head superimposed. You'll be seeing keywords. Match its keywords with proper match before it leaves the screen. If you're right, you get $5,000. You get it wrong, you lose $5,000 every time you're wrong. But instead of a remember the clue, like in the original Jack, you don't know Jack. This will decide the game. Tonight's category is double on is double X. I will give you the first name. You must give me the second name. On your mark, get set, attack. Tom and. And then as he says it, and his facial expressions is just scared, like looking at your camera and staring in your face and getting your face. Words start flying and Cookie Masterson returns and it starts saying like, Jer Jenny, Jerry, Jenny McCarthy. Jerry, and then someone buzzes in and screams, Tom and Jerry, Jerry's correct. 
And then they keep going. Well, there's the traumatic drum music in the background. Now, in the original You Don't Know Jack games, it's not really like drum, and it's kind of like the, you know, that's the closest I could say to like a You Don't Know Jack thing in here is that Jack attack. But at the same time, it doesn't flow with the rest of the show, if that makes sense. It's kind of just like. And in most of the other versions of You Don't Know Jack, it plays like a final showdown, like showdown at the, at, at the OK Corral. It's kind of westernized, like in the modern video game. In others, it plays up that cynicism, like this is the Jack attack. If you get it wrong, you will lose money. And then it's supposed to have that scary kind of like you're being chased by the murder monster at the end of the show. This is like the... I like to always, as like in, in the world of production, I like to put the Jack Attack final round as what they're trying to do is like, this is the fast-paced final round bonus game. But at the same time, this is also the like final battle. It's the final climax. This is supposed to be the equivalent of you're in that third act of the horror movie and the monster is in the room and you got to flee. So they're trying to go with that atmosphere, that music. And it doesn't, play well with this version of the jack attack so then once they get through five or six or seven i think usually seven cookie what is the final scores and then cookie gives a dramatic thing and it's like it's aaron with forty one thousand three hundred nine dollars and that's it aaron wins thirty one thousand three hundred nine dollars and then troy stevens runs up on stage shakes the hand of the contestant that won and commiserations to a runner-up and as you know that happens anyone who's played a role in the episode also runs up on stage much like to tell the truth just they're not there it kind of reminds me to tell the truth so any of the uh celebrities that showed up to do a cameo appearance anybody that served to be uh a a, a distractor in the $5,000 question. Uh, anybody who, who served to play a role in the $2 million question, they all return to stage, and there's like 17 people on stage, including the last contestant that got eliminated. And it's... Troyden goes, and if you think this is the end of the show, then you don't know Jack! Or some other line of like, if you think I'm going in the show about saying you don't know Jack, then you don't know Jack! Because he wants that to be a catchphrase. Then you don't know Jack! And then he runs off stage. He always runs off stage. So we are, the quote-unquote, the assumption is the show ends on stage, everyone's celebrating dancing, but then we get to off-screen. And we get to see a climax of the ongoing storyline. So, for instance, oh, the tidbits were in his room. If you think I'm not sharing, then you don't know Jack. Or in one episode, Troy Stevens drives off in the car. And he said, if you didn't think I was the one driving home in this, then you don't know Jack. <laughs> and he drives off. And... That was it. Then you get you cut to YDKJ logos, and then you get to either the Beekman's World style theme song again, or you get the classic because this was two thousands ABC yellow credits, where you're going to see a promo for for George P Patterson, played by Jason Alexander, a failed sitcom of two thousands, and I just don't like it <laughs> and then you get to the end credits and you hear like coming up on an all new uh drew carey show mimi is up to her and it just like i just go oh i also saw a promo for the mole 2 which was not a good season i mean a lot of people seem to love mole 2 i thought it was a little too uh not mole it felt like they wanted to continue on with the ha-ha, we duped the contestants to the point of I just kind of went, no, this is just fuckery, and I hate that. At least on this show, they kind of had, like, okay contestants. It felt like the casting was quick. They didn't really, they felt like, oh, well, you're here in the area, we'll just have you play this, and that's it. And I 
when I finished the season, the six episodes, because it only lasted six episodes, it only made six. I was like, oh, that's good. I don't think they'll ever make more episodes of this show because it sucked. <laughs> because it didn't do a job of pleasing the You Don't Know Jack diehards, and it didn't really do a fan of attracting new people who have never seen You Don't Know Jack. Because at the time, You Don't Know Jack was still like a big video game artifact, and I think all they know is like the categories are silly and the questions are silly, but there's no gibberish. There's no guest host question. The guest host question would be in the form of a character, and Troy Stevens doesn't care. And, like, Troy Stevens, the character played by Paul Rubens in the show, is kind of misjudged. It's, like, disjointed. In, in some episodes, he's, I care about the audience and I want the audience to love me, but at the same time, I'm going to be a dick to the audience because I don't like them. And, or I... Or it's if it's not that, it's I'm smarter than everybody. But clearly, I don't want to show that I'm smart. And they were trying to go for like a Larry Sanders feel, but there's no like, they didn't really go into press releases. So when I rewatched the show, and I've watched the show so many times, sometimes out of hate, sometimes out of love of You Don't Know Jack, I noticed things like, well, the graphics on like the scoreboard's fine, but have you noticed like, the buzzers don't really feel like they match. Have you ever noticed that, like, the Sanskrit font, that little handwriting font for, for who wants what, doesn't really match anything with the show? Have you noticed that, like, the uh, background lighting of the swirling fan lights, because they're trying to go for a fan effect on the scoreboards, have you noticed it doesn't air well with camera when you're recording this? that it, a lot of it just feels flat and then I get disappointed and it's all like, well, you get it. You're winning the clapper clap on clap off the clapper. Like it's all gag prices for the runners up. And I mean, I'm okay with that as the bit and the only, the top winner wins the money because that feels like jeopardy. That feels like a lot of game shows, but there's, there's way too little questions way too much non-comedy and not a lot of stuff to make it feel like the you don't know jack game show that i think you only got through like six questions in the entirety of the show minus like a diss or dan in a, a million and the two million dollar question bit that you just kind of go oh no that's it like you're not really gaining much time and Nowadays, I kind of see parallels with Don't, the Ryan Reynolds show. From the from the twisted mind of Ryan Reynolds is Don't. And it has that same kind of flavoring, that same kind of it's trying to be silly and we want it to be comedic and we want it to be an irrelevant game show about game shows and silly. But I think don't with Ryan Reynolds does a better job of poking fun at the game show world than you don't know Jack with Paul Rubens. And when the news came out, he gets paid $500,000 an episode. He got paid $3 million for this show. I was like, this, this is what he gets paid. Game shows are weird. And then of course you get told like, Hey, you know, Alex Trebek makes like $12 million doing Jeopardy. And then you're like, well, he has like four episodes. That's way too much work for him compared to this. And all these writers, and it's like you have all these bright comedy writers, and not any one of them is really writing good comedy here. This feels like they're writing a really bad sitcom, and they're not really caring about the trivia or the contestants. I don't think there was a lot of research going on with what's the correct answer. That it just fell flat. And I got really annoyed. And, and then, of course, you know, Jack crashed and burned. And didn't see the light day until the Daily Dissert Dads, which we brought up in the original episode. So that leads me into You Don't Know Jack, the game show. I've always thought this show would work as a game show. It's really tough to explain where, because Comedy Central would have probably been the much easier place. Modern day, you could say TBS, because they do a lot of comedy game shows. 
but when you look at like where you know jack is in today's world it's a jackbox party pack game where everyone answers questions that in my mind it's do you play the new version of jack or do you play the original version of jack because if you do one or the other you're going to end up trying your best to make the game work and i don't know if if it if it fits so i tried my best to try and incorporate both into my format cuz i firmly believe you don't know jack can be a game show now first i'm going to read the production then i'll say i should be the host because i feel like that's the more important thing so in my version of you don't know jack the game show uh it is hour long it's an hour long game show i don't think this could run as a 22 minute anymore it has to be an hour long and it has to be part game show and much like what they were trying to go if you don't know jack you gotta make it like a larry sanders kind of deal where there's behind the scenes stuff with the host and there's characters involved so much like in the original, you know, no Jack, you'll get to see the PR, like almost like the office. The way you have to look at it is you can't go like straight on doc mockumentary style. If, unless you want to do a complete satire of the office, which you can, but you got to play it up. Like there is the producer, there's the director, there is the host. And then there is like a PA and like, makeup lady or something else and you try to have that jim and pam relationship and you make the host whoever is the main host kind of like the michael scott of the show like he's the one who thinks he's the boss he's calling the shots but he's clearly an idiot but he wants to feel like the head honcho because in this show he's arrived he is the host and no one else does though along the way you know there's like a crew members as well so in addition to the quote-unquote background stars, there's another group of cast that we're also doing. So it's like one part SNL, one part Larry Sanders, and one part Game Show. The other crew members, which aren't characters quote-unquote, is the SAG Team 6, which I'm novelty calling it. Kind of like the Fly Girls on, on In Living Color, but uh, they're, they're, multi, they're multiracial uh, multi-gender, all sorts of diverse casting. And they're basically Broadway performers who can do comedy acting. So they're going to do... Uh, they're basically the, the, the side cast. You'll be seeing them do the singing and dancing in the show. So kind of like in the original You Don't Know Jack and in the modern games. Like, question number one, yeah. It's question four... And they're going to do satire, they'll do hip hop rap. They, you you will see them do do a Hamilton parody, whatever works to fit like the atmosphere of the question. So everything feels different. They'll do dance routines. They'll sing the song, and you'll then get to the question and the answer, just like in a normal game of you don't know Jack. But and this is where it works. Uh, when we cut to commercial, because it's going to be like a game show, you know, like. We'll find out more right after this. Instead of go, you can do the Larry Sanders thing, or you cut to a fake commercial. With the fake commercial with fake products, you have the seg team in place to play the role of like the parent of the kids, and you do a brazen paper towel ad in live action, or you do a, a satire of streaming services and do a binge pipe thing, for instance. And you just keep going with the fake commercials that are currently going on in the You Don't Know Jack world. And you have one either at the end of one act or at the beginning. Like you're during a commercial break. Here's a fake commercial as we lead into You Don't Know Jack next round. Uh, so there's your, your – so you get one part sketch because it's fake commercials coming up next on network television – an all-new crip, crippling depression. And it's like a parody of This Is Us. Like, like you can do that. And I think that would make the show work, is you got to parody TV shows. you got to parody what normal networks do. So then, here we go. There is seven questions in each round. So bringing the total of 15 quote-unquote questions per show. 
five normal questions in round one, a gimmick, and in a and in this or that somewhere in between. You don't know when that's going to show up. But round one, five. Suppose this happened. Well, a gimmick and a this or that. Now, the question mark gimmicks are mini game questions. So the so the round one gimmick questions are things you have already kind of seen in the world you don't know jack such as funky trash which celebrity have we got their trash from data mining which celebrity do we have based on these search results impossible question and you make it worth like fifty thousand dollars or a hundred thousand dollars some ridiculous amount of money that, that you'll make them caution to not buzz in a guest host question you bring in the celebrity that's a gimmick in my mind uh, a pissed about a question. If season two shows up, um, actually so and so and so and so. Well, you make a fake question. A fiber optic field trip. You you prank call somebody through Skype and you ask them to ask a question. Uh, maybe an elephant mustard Tay Roosevelt Dracula, or some sort of funny sketch thing. Because we're going through the episode, and you gotta have like the th- like like for instance, like one of my favorite bits was in you know Jack the Ride, and. One episode was sponsored by like a beer company and Cookie kept drinking the samples, the onset props to the point of like right near the end of one of the rounds. He's just plastered ass drunk and he just can't get through reading the question. So he's just reading it going like, well, (laughs) and it's all just jarbled up garbage. Because I think that kind of worked when they did things like Pop Quiz and You Know Jack, where it's like just like a little something random, weird thing. But you can easily do that in round one. Uh, and I made the values a 1,000, 2,000, 3,000, 4,000, 5,000 with mystery amount, because it depends on the question value. And then a 1,000 plus or minus if wrong answer, this or that. Uh, in round two, five questions again, but the values are doubled: two, four, six, eight, ten. Uh, with a gibberish question being worth ten thousand dollars. I was originally thinking twenty-five thousand with a thousand off every second, making that like a very critical question. But I don't know. I think that's a little too expensive. And another gimmick, but the gimmick is always a mini game, such as a three-way, a when did happen, a uh a anagram question jack bingo from you know jack the ride you don't bug out from fifth dementia something that is like a little mini game that can fill up a whole act because remember if we're doing two whole halves i want like those seven questions to stretch out to three acts and then you get to the next three acts and then you get to our final one so that one gimmick of the three acts is one mini game and then we get to the final round where the final round and there's no elimination there's no like lowest scoring player is out uh you get the jack attack and the jack attack plays like the classic jack attack you'll see buzzers and if each one you get right you win and i don't know what the scoring should be like i said one two three four five six seven like the first is worth a thousand and two thousand and so on but maybe just straight up go 5,000 a correct answer. Just make it a game-breaking game. Uh, but there's two things I want to add is the podiums are, are different. Every player gets a different podium. One is modeled after the number one. One is modeled after the number two. And one's modeled after the number three. You have uh, LED screens all over the board. So when you see a question and four possible answers, it looks like uh, scrolling text, kind of like ticker tape that you see on Times Square. Uh, But of course, with LED lights, you can have it be a better graphic. Uh, You buzz in with the correct answer, you get the money, you get it wrong, you lose the money. But there's one other twist to the game, and that is, of course, the screws. And I implement the screws in the game. So once in the entirety of this 15-question game, except for Dissertats, Gibberish Questions, and the Jack Attack, if you think someone doesn't know any of those modern-ass questions, because there's only 10 per game, 
buzz in, hit S key, and screw them. Then they're forced to answer. Their loss will be your gain, because if they get it wrong, you get the money. So you can double up. I figured that would be the rule of, of thumb. Because obviously, you will do some strategy. Like, is question 10 because it's worth $10,000, is that the time to use the screw because it's the most money, or do I use it at an earlier time because what if I know question 10? What if someone else knows question? Like that's So there's an inward game as well. Each episode has a fake sponsor, kind of like wrong answer of the game, but that serves the purpose of the episode title. If I'm going to go with a full-on You Don't Know Jack game show, episode one will be titled The Fake product and that's the fake item the runners up get instead of a real item like your supply of hot sauce or a dunkin yo-yo we're getting or gumballs for 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 a year we're getting uh like fake products things that are really bad ideas or a subscription to this service a public domain movie something that's like clearly bad but will have a fake commercial attached to it that can easily be used as the as the reference of the episode that you can get something out of it instead of just a wrong answer of the game it becomes a player in the episode either in cold opens or midpoint scenes or in, in different areas where it becomes kind of like a uh, set it becomes part of the set where it's like, well, we want to thank our sponsors here. So this is a question for $3,000, courtesy of your friends at, uh, at uh, Foot Corns R Us. So have you ever seen this show, My Foot is Killing Me? Well, and go from there. Now... Who should host this version of You Don't Know Jack? This 15-question, hour-long game show. I mean, honestly, someone with good improv experience would help with this show because you want someone who can play the role of a You Don't Know Jack host. Now, I think a You Don't Know Jack host needs to feel something like, clearly, this is, like, the worst... Like, to me, I think the host of You Don't Know Jack has to be an anti-game show host. It can't be a regular-ass game show host. It has to be somebody that's like either a comedian at the end of their rope and this is like their only gig they can get, which I don't think that would work with any actual comedians. Or you have to play it up like, oh, it's clearly like the kids like got his got the job because the executive producer uh, worked his way and weaseled him into the show as the host. It has to be something where it's like clearly the guy is not qualified to host the game show and he's but he's happy to be there cuz he gets paid to basically talk shit to people but not in a mean way kind of in the everything weird happens to me kind of thing and I don't get this kind of opportunity uh cuz you got to have to play it like this guy is clearly a, a loser a wimp <laughs> he clearly doesn't he does he doesn't take what he dishes out. You got to go with that kind of character for you don't know Jack. You don't want Ian Robinson, the put-down master stoic. You want to have someone who puts down people, but then don't talk bad about me. Please don't. Which is why it should be me. I should be the host if you don't know Jack. Because <laughs> that seems like the kind of character I would present myself as. Somebody that's like not trying to politic, but in the same time, obviously making the show about myself and obviously that's dejecting people and then you have story like the audience members are falling asleep can you try and do something entertaining <laughs> something like that always works but it has to play up an actual game show it has to be a real game show there has to be like notification like this is a real game show and that's the only thing i also disliked about the show is they had to do the disclaimer and they had to legally do the disclaimers even though I'm a character those are real contestants so it's like even though the money's real the contestants real the only thing not real on this show is me I don't think I would like want to disclose that it. it's like this is a fake game show I think it needs to be played up like it's a f like 
clearly a, a game show that is a satire of game shows, but plays as the You Don't Know Jack game show properly does. You know, like, here's, we're going backstage, behind the scenes, uh-oh, why is there an elephant on set? Something stupid. We get to the host. Hi, players, welcome to the show. It's the actual game show. Audience, clap, 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 contestants, whoa, whoa, whoa. And it's like, feel good. Like, it's exactly like a game show. Like, hey, glad to be here, glad to be here, glad to be here, hope you have fun. Let's play Don't Know Jag. Here's some screws, because it has to be a party game. It's the irrelevant quiz show party game. It has to feel like a party. We get to the party atmosphere, we get to the party vibes, and we slowly see the show unravel. Yes, the game show is real, the questions are real, but clearly, like, the the show is ready to just blow at any time. You want the show to end up looking like crap at certain points so the host can point out how bad the show looks. You want questions to have misspellings intentionally so the host can go, we don't have a researcher, we don't, what's going on here? You want to have moments where there's a wrong answer and it's just like, he knows the perfect put down to say. And it shouldn't be just like we get the audience telephone like, well, I'm sorry, that's incorrect. Or, well, you would you should know that one, you idiot. Like, it shouldn't be that. It should really be something smarter than that. And it should be based on the wrong answer. But uh, I don't think they're, they're that clever. You don't know Jack writers, however, are very clever with those question types. And it has to be very diverse. And once you stretch that to an hour, like you can get fifty thousand dollars, I think, on on my version if I if I felt like it, like with the values. But I gotta probably see how the values work in the head. I'm trying to aim for a twenty thousand dollar, twenty five thousand dollar top prize. Like if you're playing it normally, like like in the normal, you don't know Jack show. 20 to 25,000. Now I could have just said play it by the normal rules of the normal show where it's 20 it's 20 seconds, it's $2,000 a question, 4,000 in round 2 for every dollar you get wrong it takes away and everyone gets to play it. Uh so you guarantee the question, but I feel like by doing it the four player route and playing it like the Jackbox party pack game it it doesn't feel more personal. And I think by playing it in the everyone plays department, yes, you'll get a wrong answer and you can put someone down for the wrong answer. But you want to characterize the character. You want to make the contestants characters in the narrative of the story. Uh, Even though they're not actors and they're not trying to be actors, they're trying to be game show contestants winning money. But um, you just try and make it so that becomes part of the show. And I think that's what Don't does very well is they treat their contestants like characters and they try and do fake commercials and fake products and different items and make fun of the game show world in their own reality. That's what You Don't Know Jack should be, but as a quiz show, it should be like, look, this is a question where we're asking about Mr. T and testosterone. Like, what do you want? (laughs) And it has to be this like clear arc, like a clear overseason arc about the host of the show. Uh, and it's very subtle. Like for instance, like no one likes him. This is a one season show. He'll never get the gig next season. Or another arc could be like, what if he's like, he's losing his Twitter or something. You got to have something where it, it, definitely spreads into reality but you can't i the only thing is i don't want if i was to do like the cookie masterson schmitty the jordan character the jordan haas character on you don't know jack i think it would have to be something along the lines of like clearly he's out of options and this is like his last hurrah if he loses this he loses everything but he can't seem to hang on to the show I think that would have to be the You Don't Know Jack game show. Meanwhile, he's still reading questions about like, hey, Star Wars and snack cakes. This is worth $5,000. I was originally thinking of doing the randomizer like Fifth Dimension, but I realized 
wait, if you just go like, here it is. This next question is worth $4,000. Question four is question four. Question six. Question eight. Or you have the, the dancers because it's a seg team dancing and it's like the gibberish question. This or that. Some sort of like dancing moment. That's what makes the show work because then when the jack attack ends with all three contestants, obviously there'll be one person left standing. The big confetti falls and you have the seg team stand around. Congratulations, you won your $34,000. I'm just throwing that out there. Uh, and that's the show. And then you always end with like, and then you end with, and if you think that's it, then you don't know Jack. Because that's how you end the show. And then you do your closing bid or some other aspect. It cliffhangers it into the next episode. Because I, I think this, this has potential to be partially like a really good narrative storytelling of a game show. Because you want to go with like the neurotic game show contest, like game show host who's out of options, and clearly doesn't get respect. And why doesn't why doesn't he get respect? I'm a good host. I look, I look, I can't be like Pat Pat Sajak, but but at the same time, as this is all going on, you're seeing like politicking in the background, someone trying to like slit his throat so they could be the host. Uh, advertisers pulling from the show, uh, satire of like social media and TMZ, and the sponsor, and it's like that. That works. I think that's how the show needs to work. It needs to feel like you're watching part sitcom, part sketch comedy because of fake commercials, and the fake commercials feel like you're watching like a commercial it can't be like totally on the nose it has to feel like you're on a commercial and then it gets to a real game show where it is really funny and really silly and you just kind of root for the contestants and you know it's just a light-hearted fun show and then you get back to the drama and it gets back to the comedy it has to feel like a multi uh part show and it has to feel like you're watching this show and anything can happen at any moment. They could have the host end up in a, in a fucking horror movie scene and all the contestants are monsters. And he has a nightmare and he's like, Oh shit, I'm late for work or you have to have, or you can treat it like it's the celebrity edition and the celebrities are playing for charity, but uh, none of the celebrities know who the hell he is. And they all agree to do it because their manager is, uh, the same as their manager, and it just that's the only reason. Like, you can you don't want to go full on Bojack Horseman with the sad horse, but you don't want to go full on Larry Sanders either. You want to have that nice, healthy medium where everyone is in on the bit that the host is himself, but his life's like almost like Curb Your Enthusiasm. It needs to feel like Curb Your Enthusiasm game show with sketch comedy that's the only way this could work and it takes a big budget it takes a crowd and you can't and the thing is you'll have to have two or three different productions going on too because one production has to be the full-on game show the legit game show with the standards and practices you have the comedy because you have the comedy sketches what's the comedy act going to be like what's the sponsorship what's the commercials going to be like and then you have the overlaying story arc with the host and the producer and the director. That it becomes this like three different shows in one, a three to one, if you will, that I think is very intriguing. And I think that's why it would work. You, the, a half hour will not cover this. It needs to feel like a full hour. It needs to feel like you got enough questions to not say like, I got rigged on questions like in this version. You can't go full Burt Ludden's Love Buffet where you're trying to be the smarky host, blah, 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 blah. No, it has to feel like a personable host. It has to feel like a real human being. You can't feel like fake game show host, man. It has to feel like a person who's like, he literally is just hosting a game show and doesn't know what else to do. And then you have to make it feel like, the, like anyone who's in the audience watching at home 
is in on the show. So it's not self-aware, like you don't know Jack, the ABC edition, but it has to be self-aware enough to know, like, yeah, we know this is the stupidest trivia questions you can ever think of, but hey, you know, thanks for watching our show. Like, it has to be like a, we're desperate for viewers. Thank you for watching. Please keep watching. Because that's the only way this could work. Because the overlaying story arc on this is basically the empathy humanity. It What does it mean to be a host? What does it mean to be in the entertainment business? Because You Don't Know Jack is a parody of game shows. It's a parody of the entertainment industry. So you have to put those stacks in. You have to put into stacks like contestants. And then you can always do a gimmick casting. I, I, this is the thing I forgot to say. You can always do gimmick casting. You can all have three women who are all blondes and waitresses and have them all be different contestants and have the whole gimmick of the episode be the host can't tell them apart. You can have a gimmick be it's a celebration of an award show episode and they don't know what the fuck the award is. Like, you can do all sorts of different routes with this. Because it has to feel like a train wreck game show at any moment. It has to feel like a show that was done on the cheap, even though no aspect of it is cheap. You have to have that really smart, really clever question writing and clever comedy. While mixed with this weird, like, drama... They would feel like, why? what's going on here? Is this really You Don't Know Jack? Is this really like, because it's like, you can't, because it has to feel like the guy who's hosting it clearly doesn't have his life together. And as the questions unravel, you learn more about them in this world. And it's like bad relationships uh, bad parental relationships, bad, bad everything, <laughs> that it just becomes like a slumdog millionaire type thing. Because this can be an, a real wacky fun show if done correctly. Because you can play up You Don't Know Jack to make it You Don't Know Jack while still playing into that this is like two steps removed from reality of what could really be a show on television or streaming media. Or a fake commercial that is the core aspect of You Don't Know Jack. That you have meaning to the show. That will captivate people as well. Because I think at, at its core, what this show could really do is... This could really be a narrative-driven show. You Don't Know Jack, as much as it's like a silly game show with quizzes... If done correctly, it could also be a sitcom. It could also have this going on as well. And I think that is at its core what it could be. And that's also why I decided to not put this out as a public episode, but instead as a private Patreon episode. Because this, even though it's a real game show, I feel like if I was ever make You Don't Know Jack, it would be three different shows in one. It has to be a sketch show, a drama in the game show all in one. It has to play it up. It has to feel like no one cares. And it has to be that. I hate to say dramedy. I think that word sucks. It's really just a comedy where sad shit happens. But it has to feel like there's beats. It has to feel like a Netflix show. It has to feel like a real drama. Where like if you could, where at the end of the season you will have an entire complete story arc of a of like the host, but at the same time you have a good payoff of like funny questions and funny answers, and you could rewatch it all over again and go, oh, that's what he meant by that, and oh, that's clever. That it's a smarter game show in the process because at the core it's the writing of the show that makes it work. Mixed with great hosting and great clever uh, dynamics of improvisation. That's how you get this to go. You have to have that. 
Anyway, that's going to do it for us here on the, the private Patreon. Thank you so much for backing this up on the $5 level. Please tell your friends about patreon.com slash Jordan Haas, game shows, I suppose, and more. Uh, until then, if you think I'm not going to end this podcast without saying you don't know Jack, bye.